0: Greetings in Jesus name, I'm Bishop Chester Wright and this is the video teaching series The First Commandment Loving God This is lesson number 5 and the uh, title of this lesson will kind of sound like the earlier lessons but different scriptures and so we will talk about them title of this lesson is We Cannot Love the Father Without Loving the Word and actually I'm going to start uh, with the very next verse from where we left off in the last lesson. We'll start with John fourteen twenty-two, And I'm reading down to verse 31. Jesus saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words." And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it came to pass that when it it has come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk with you much, for the prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me, but that the world might not, may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. And then uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this. Just it's a long reading, so I'm gonna read it just in wees. Uh, Judas says to him, not Iscariot, Lord, uh, what has come to pass that to us you are about to be disclosing yourself and not to the world? Answered Jesus and said to him, if anyone as a habit of life loves me with a divine and self-sacrificial love, my love word will keep him and my father will love him. And to him we shall come and an abiding place with him. And we shall make our, make, make for ourselves. He who is not habitually loving me with a divine and self-sacrificial love, my words he is not keeping. And the word which you are hearing is not mine, but belongs to him who sent me the Father. These things have I have spoken to you while abiding with you. And the counselor, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, uh, whom the Father will send in my name, that one will teach you all things and recall to your mind all things which I spoke to you. Peace I am leaving with, leaving behind for you, uh, peace which is mine I am giving to you. Uh, if you were loving me, I'm sorry I missed it. Peace which is mine I am giving to you, not a, not uh, such as the world gives. Do I. Give to you. Let not your heart continue to be agitated. Neither let it continue to be fearful. You heard that I said to you, "I am departing, and I am coming to you." If I were, if you were loving me, you would would in that case already have rejoiced that I am proceeding to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass comes to pass, in order that whenever it does come to pass, ye may believe. Many things no longer will I speak unto you, speak with you, for there comes the ruler of the world, and he in me, he has nothing. But in order that the world may come to know experientially that I love the Father, even as the Father commanded me, thus am I, I am doing. Be arising and let us go from this place. Now, uh, this is amazing. And again, the, the subject Basic subject here is we cannot love the Father without loving the Word. But Jesus is continuing because this is the same uh, chapter from which we taught the last two lessons and portions as we worked our way down through it. But this is so critical for those of us that want to go to heaven, that we want to love God, and to love God, we have to obey His Word. That's Jesus has made the point over and over again. So... Uh, John 14, 22, uh, Judas, uh, who is not Judas Iscariot, but later was called Jude, Lord, ha- how is it that thou, will, that, that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? So how are you going to make yourself, how are you going to come to us? You, the whole world has been able to see you, I'm um, figuratively speaking, uh but you're no longer going to be visible to them. You're not, no longer going to manifest yourself to them. How are you going to do that? Manifest yourself just to us and not to them. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. If a man love me, he will keep my words. If a man love me, he will keep my words. If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now, The word we, in the context of the verse I read in chapter 16 of John, verse 25, these things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak unto you in Proverbs. I will show you plainly of the Father. When he uses the word we, he's not talking about two different people here. He's talking about the Spirit and the ...word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. Okay? Because to have God in me, I've got to have both the Word and the Spirit. And no man can come to the Father, the Spirit of God... ...called the Holy Ghost when it's in us. Uh, No man can come to Him... ...so that He can come to them in salvation... ...except through and by the Word of God... It is the word of God that opens the door of access to, uh, for us to God. And if a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him and we will come unto him. And again, as I taught the, in the, la- the end of last lesson, my father will love me means because I am obeying his word, I'm doing the father's will. I will be in an approved relationship with the father. And uh, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now, Paul prayed this way in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, I believe verse 15 or so. He said, uh, he prayed that uh, that we would be strengthened with might by his spirit in our inner man that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. And uh, the other translations will say to you that Christ will make his permanent home in us. Why? Because too many of us visit him in church. And the rest of the time we have no relationship with him. And he's not at home in us because we're not at home in him. And all of this starts with the word. The whole universe started with the word. When... The I am infinite, God spoke the logos and brought all this into existence. Everything started with the word. All of our relationship with God starts with the word because it was God causing his word to be made flesh and dwelling among us that provided the way of salvation so that we could be reconciled unto God. It all starts with the word. But when Paul prayed that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that we might be rooted and grounded in love and that we would might know with all the saints or, or apprehend or comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, and length, the depth, and the height and to know the love of Christ experientially which passes all intellectual knowledge that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. So it's possible if those things Paul was praying was true that I can have a measure of God, I can have a measure of the Holy Ghost, but I haven't given Him the fullness of me, and without giving Him the fullness of me, I cannot receive the fullness of Him. Now, we sing songs like, uh, More of you, I want more of you. And I've had much, but what I need is more of you. What a song that we sing that indicts us. Oh, that's a beautiful song. Yes. And it's a confession of truth. We want more of him because we haven't given him all of us. When we give him all of us, we'll have all of him we can get. All of him that we're, it's possible for us to have, we will have all of him. The word and the Spirit will abide in us it will make is the residence there the 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 word of the spirit will make their the residence in us as Christ the anointed word the word anointed by the spirit that word the living in me well in the spirit in me too yes that's the anointing on the word in me so i've got to have the word in my heart which causes me to want to keep the the commandments of God, the commandments of the word, and the spirit of God that's in me, that's the anointing on the word, that's what empowers me to keep the commandment. That's loving God. That's loving God. Verse 24. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. So, the word that was made flesh is not a word separate from the Father. It's the Father expressed. The Logos is the expression of the Father. It's the Father's mind, His thoughts, His plan. Everything. It's His mind. Everything that's in the mind of the Father is the Logos. And everything that the Logos made flesh, said and did, came from the mind of the Father. And it was empowered through the man Christ Jesus by the spirit of the Father. One God. One spirit. And the expression of that spirit into the finite. Logos. Which becomes the conduit. The mediator. The means whereby the infinite God can relate to the finite. There's one mediator between, between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. The Logos made flesh. The same exact Logos that was before the beginning that spoke and all of this came into existence. How can I not want to obey that which brought all this into existence? How can I not want that to be the rule of my life? The guide of my life. The lamp unto my feet. How can I not want that to be what's hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God? I can't love God without loving the Word. Because He is the Word. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, He said, I will not leave, just a few verses earlier, I will not leave you or comfortless or orphans. I will come to you. So the Spirit, the Holy Ghost is the Spirit that was in Christ, which is the Father. (laughs) But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Yes, in the Word of God, in the will of God, the Father Spirit coming into us is the It's called the Holy Ghost, but it's the Father Spirit. And it will come in the name of Christ, because the name of Christ is Jesus, and that was the Father's name that he received by inheritance. (laughs) He shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So, if the Holy Ghost is a third person, he doesn't have anything to teach us original with himself. He can only teach what Christ has taught us, but Christ has spoken everything the father spoke through him. So if they're separate, but co-equal doesn't sound very equal to me. Well, they're not separate. They're one person. Hebrews chapter one Says that the man Christ Jesus is the express image of His person singular, not the express image of the, the the of the of the person the God the Son, but the express image of the person of God. Period. God the Father, whoever was the Father of the man Christ Jesus, the Son. That's who he is, the express image of his person. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, who the Father will in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you, peace I leave you with you. Now here we get down to it. Can I have peace in this present world or any time, but especially in this present world, outside of, of loving the Word of God and keeping the Word of God as a demonstration of me loving God. Can I have peace? Impossible. There is no peace outside of the Word of God. There is no peace outside of the will of God, which is the Word of God. There's no peace. So Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because if I love the word and know the word and I'm giving myself by the the Spirit of God empowerment to keep the word, then I know who's in control. I know what the back of the book says. I know that This life is temporary. It's just a vapor. And I know that there is nothing here that's a threat to me because you can't threaten me with heaven. And I know according to Hebrews chapter 2 that Christ was manifested and died to deliver us from the fear of death, which is bondage. He died to deliver us from the bondage that we're in through the fear of death. Read it. The fear of death. He came to set us free from the fear of death. (laughs) Fear of death. He destroyed it. The fear of death. So, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. I'm not Asking to leave here? I'm not asking anything. When he's ready for me to go, I'm ready. Till he's ready for me to go, I'm not asking to leave. No matter how good or bad it gets, I'm not asking to leave. And I'm in my 75th year. A few months shy of being 75. I'm not asking to leave here. But I'm not afraid of leaving. Why? He gave me his peace. There's no peace outside the word of God. Because there's no peace outside the will of God. And. He contrasted his peace with the world's peace. Because this world cries peace and safety. Because peace to them is when there's no trouble. When there's food on all the tables. And there's no war and conflict. And there's no sickness. And life is good. By man's definition of good. That's what the world's peace is. And when the when that's not the case, the world doesn't have peace. And the world doesn't have any peace right now. No place in the world has peace right now. But, through Jesus, we have peace. In the last verse of these three chapters... Which comprised the Lord's last teaching to the church before He went out and was uh, prayed in Gethsemane, and then was taken and crucified. Uh, he said these words. He concluded all this teaching at the end of verse of chapter sixteen, John sixteen thirty three. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So, the word tribulation. There's thalipsis, which speaks of any and everything that can cause pressure, and therefore cause trauma or pain or difficulty or trial. And he said he guaranteed us we were going to have trauma in the world. We're going to have trouble. We're going to have tribulation in the world. It's guaranteed. The promise of peace is only offered, just like his love. He can only offer it. He can't violate and will not violate our will and force us to receive it. He won't do that. So, we can only do his will. And we can only have his peace by loving him in doing his word, which is his will. But if we choose to have his peace, it insulates us from what's going on in this world. Because the peace of God surpasses all understanding and will keep and guard and preserve our hearts and minds. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. So, You know, we know in Isaiah 96, he's called the Prince of Peace. How can he be the mighty God, the everlasting Father, but only the Prince of Peace? Because he cannot be the King of Peace in this world without us making him king. And to make him king, we have to give up control of everything to him. This is loving him. Paul said, I know in whom I believe. Colossians chapter 1, if I'm not mistaken, I know in whom I believe and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I commit unto him against that day. So if he is my father, he is my God, and I and he knows, according to Matthew 6, Jesus said he knows everything I need before I ask it because he's my father. He said the Gentiles seek after all these things because they're fatherless. But you have a father. Your father knows what you have need of before you ask it. You got a two year old child. Does that child know what it needs? It may think it knows, has some idea. It's hungry or it's hopefully not at two, but possibly the diaper's messed up or maybe it's sick or maybe it's just sleepy. It doesn't really, can't really tell you. Even that 6 and 7 and 8 and 10 sometimes, they can't explain that to you. But the father, the parents, but in the spiritual principle, the father knows what we have need of. And to have his peace and to have his care, he cannot put either one of those on us against our will. And we prove the choice of our will by proving that we choose first and foremost to love him by giving ourselves wholly to him, W-H-O-L-L-Y, in keeping his commandments. This is the will of God. This is the will of God. Verse 28, you, you have heard how I said unto you, I go away and and come again unto you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I go unto the Father for my Father is greater than I. Why? Because as long as the man Christ Jesus walked the face of the earth, the Holy Ghost was not available to us. And by the man Christ Jesus dying for our sins and being resurrected and ascending into heaven and sitting on the right hand of God, meaning he becomes the The only one you're going to see sitting on the throne of heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is now in the place of being the focal point of all of God's work in the entire universe. And the only visible representation of the invisible God we will ever see forever. Forever. And that's why he could say the Father's greater than I. Because the spirit that was in him that he died for us to have. He couldn't give us until the flesh was taken out of the way and was now joined with the Father in a way that could not be totally joined with the Father while the man, Christ Jesus, walked the face of this earth. But the Father and the Son, or the Lord and the Christ, are totally one and only one in heaven. Only one. Only one. That's why Philippians says that the word emptied itself of glory that it had from before the foundation of the world in in the manifestation of the flesh for our benefit. So the word made flesh is now restored to that glory because uh, he is in his place of uh, w- the word and the and the spirit, the infinite God and his logos, are once again f- completely and fully joined together as one being with the glorified body of the man as their visible uh, as the visible representation of the Lord Christ. That's why you'll see scriptures in the Bible where the scripture talks about. The Lord's. L-O-R-D apostrophe S. Christ. That's a possessive form. Christ belongs to the Lord. Is possessed by the Lord. He is the Lord's possession. In another place. Paul used the phrase. The Christ of God. Of God is a prepositional phrase. Of possession. God's Christ. Second. Uh. Corinthians 5, verse 19, to wit, God was in Christ, was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. But there's only one God in heaven, and there's only one sitting on that throne. Now, the one sitting on the throne is not all of God there is, because you can't contain all of God in a physical, finite being. And that body is finite. It's sitting on the throne. As the visible representation of the invisible God. But it is the the source of the emanation of all of God in the entire universe. All that the infinite I am God is and does in the universe. Is now emanating from that one sitting on the throne. But as Jesus said of his body on the earth i am in the father and the father's in me the same can be said of the one sitting on the throne the father's in that body and the and the body's in the father because it that body is only that glorified body that is now the only visible representation of the father i am uh, eternal infinite god the father forever for all the rest of eternal time uh that cannot be the limit. But all the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in that body on the throne. Just not all the quantity of the Father. So the Father's manifesting himself to us. Uh, and now, I have told you before it come to pass that when it comes it come to pass, you might believe. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you For the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. I like the Amplified version of that verse because it's really clear. Verse 30 in the Amplified says, I will not talk with you much more, for the prince, evil genius, ruler of the world, is coming, and he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him, and he has no power over me. This is the Lord's Goal, will for us. For us to be made so completely whole here and now that there's nothing in us that the adversary can claim as his to use to exercise any amount of authority of power over us. That's the will of God. That's the will of God. Praise God. And uh, the last verse But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. What was he talking about? Even though he talked for two more chapters, when he went, uh, he went to present, to be the, the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, that would take away the sins of the world. I pray in Jesus' name that you and I fall in love with the Word, the person of God, uh, the mind of God, the all the totality of God's thinking that is the Word, that it, it created all of this, and that we will love the Word enough that we will want to have the Word as the governor the rule the supreme ruler the guide of our lives and that we would allow the spirit of the lord to empower us to love god by keeping his word in the name of the lord jesus christ amen god bless you